0: You know, it's too bad Troy doesn't get excited enough, huh? We we really need to figure out how to pick up his spirits. I mean, he is just such a downer. That is so exciting. You know, we are just seeing people put their faith in Christ, people make commitments in baptism left and right, and we are so excited about what God is doing here. So let me start with this. Does God speak, and will he speak to you? So our challenge is to take 60 days, And if you haven't started yet, that's okay. You can start today. It's never too late to get started. But 60 days to form a new habit of being aware of God's presence, staying connected to Him, listening to Him, and being willing to do what He says. And what we're encouraging everyone to do is to take a watch, a cell phone, something that can set an alarm, and set that alarm to go off every 60 minutes. I have my iPhone timer counting down from 60 minutes to zero, and when it alerts me, The idea is just to take a few moments and connect with God. And the goal is to let that habituate you to the fact that God is really present with you. Like God wants to guide you, God wants to speak to you. But you know, with all the voices in the world and all the voices in our head, how do we really know if God is the one that's speaking? How do we know if God is the one that's guiding? Well, that's what we're going after in this message series. How do we hear God's voice? Now, if you missed the message last week, I want to encourage you to go online and give it a listen, because we talked about how God speaks to us first and foremost through His Word, the Bible, and then we talked about how God can speak to us through the lives of other godly people around us. And I left off by saying that God can also speak to us through promptings and a still, small voice. You know, there's a story in the Bible where Elijah, a great prophet, his life gets threatened. And so he runs off to a mountain to hide. And while he's there, he cries out to God for God to speak to him. And God does something that's very instructive for every one of us. So I want you to listen carefully to 1 Kings 19, 11 to 13. It says, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake Now, what God was trying to say, I believe, in this particular story, this snippet of the story, is that we often want God to communicate to us in these big and flashy ways, right? But God's preferred way of communication is through a gentle whisper. In other words, he wants you to calm down, to want to listen, to want to hear. That's how he prefers to speak directly to us, into the thoughts of a quiet mind that's willing to hear and respond, Now, if you think about it, when you and I speak to each other, what we're really trying to do is to get all of our thoughts out of our head and into the other person's head, right? But we have to use an audible voice. We have to use words, and they can only go so fast. And since our words can't really keep up with our thoughts, we can't ever adequately express all of our thoughts. It's actually a very limited form of communicating. But God, you see, He's not limited. He doesn't need audible words, He doesn't need sounds. He can communicate his thoughts directly into our minds. But just like you could tune me out, you can tune him out too, right? You can reject those thoughts. And one of the things you have to realize is this. When we plug our spiritual ears about one thing, we won't hear anything. This is so important. I'm going to say it again. When we plug our spiritual ears about one thing, we won't hear anything. So if God is prompting you over here to do something, you're going, la, 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 I don't hear you, God. but I want you to speak to me about this over here. It doesn't work that way. You have to unplug your spiritual ears, and then you can start to hear God's voice better and better. You know, all throughout the Bible, Jesus and the prophets said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You've probably heard that phrase before. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And that's because we have to develop a spiritual kind of listening. Jeremiah 6.10 says, to whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed so they cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them. They find no pleasure in it. In other words, how do we hear spiritually? We have to develop a willing, obedient heart. And I'm telling you, willingness is the key. Our willingness to respond is how we gain the ability to hear God's voice better and better, more and more. Now, if you know me and my personality, you know that by nature, I'm very, very skeptical. You know, I've always said if I was one of the disciples, I would have been Thomas. I can totally connect with Thomas. If you know the story, after Jesus was crucified, came back to life in the resurrection, every one of Thomas's family and friends, all the other disciples saw Jesus and said, Thomas, we saw him. This is great. And Thomas, because he wasn't there, he either couldn't or just wouldn't believe it. Well, that is so much like me. You know, many, many years ago, when I first heard about this whole concept of God speaking through promptings and a still, small voice, I was open to it, but, but skeptical. And now, years later, looking back, I know 100% that God works this way. In fact, I frequently hear his still, small voice. But when I first got started, here's how it would go down. I would be somewhere, and God would prompt me with some kind of random thought, You know, some sense that I ought to do something. And I would just blow it off. And then I'd get a prompting, a nudging a second time, and it would kind of annoy me because it was interrupting my perfectly timed out schedule that I had. So I'd just blow it off again. And then like the third or fourth time, I got this odd thought in my mind. It was nagging me. I'm like, what the heck? Like, why am I thinking this same random thought over and over again? And I'm a little slow, but eventually I would actually go, God, it. Is that you? Like, are you trying to tell me something here? And then I'd hear a booming voice say, yes, you fool. <laughs> no, no, no. It never works that way for me. I've never heard his audible voice. In fact, I thought about this. Most of the time, I don't get any direct answer, even in my mind when I ask God point blank. And here's the principle I don't want you to miss. Here's what I've discovered. You won't know unless you go. You won't know unless you go. See, God honors faith. God wants you to move forward in faith, and then you'll see that it was actually him. And what I've realized over time is that just about every time that I've had kind of a prompting and I've moved ahead in faith after an episode like that, God has led me someplace or to someone. And once I got there, I realized, oh, wow, this was a God thing. Now, unlike me, my wife, Wendy, she has the spiritual gift of faith she's actually been walking with the Lord since she was three years old. And she has a very cool story about God leading her through this still small voice. And it literally changed the course of her life. And rather than me telling you the story, she's going to tell it to you right here. Check this out.
1: I'm often asked now, how did you get involved with Miniature Horses? Well, it's kind of funny, complicated, and beautiful. It's a journey God put me on before I had a clue I was already on it, and it's blessed me and way more people than any of my own tiny goals and dreams ever could have. It started around 2011 when I read about a mini horse that had been born weighing six pounds and was 14 inches high. Suddenly, I was weirdly obsessed. I constantly researched mini horses and everything about them. Naturally, I discovered all kinds of facts about them and shared them all with my very patient husband, who wondered what was going on. You have to understand, I literally had zero to do with horses before this point. I guess I didn't realize how much I was bringing it up until he sat me down and said, look out the window. We live in a neighborhood with a yard the size of a postage stamp. Maybe you'll have a bunch of miniature horses in heaven one day. I said, well, that would be pointless. They help people. And heaven people don't need help. But I got the point. I literally prayed that God would take away my desires and passion for these animals. God did take them away for a season. But when I decided to work on a master's degree in education and studied cognitive theory, guess what I learned? Animal assisted learning bypasses working memory and goes straight into long-term memory, in other words, When you learn curriculum with an animal as part of the process, it's like learning on steroids. I couldn't stop thinking about how these little horses, if used in education, could dramatically change the efficacy of any curriculum. So when later I taught fourth grade, of course these thoughts were constant. I talked with God about the horses all the time, but I was careful not to bring it up too much with Brian. He would think I'd lost it for sure. Then one Friday afternoon, I was struggling through an incredibly stressful teaching year. I had just finished a student carpool pickup duty and I desperately needed rest. My plan was to get home from the school by six, put on my pajamas and go straight to bed. Then use the weekend to grade papers. Then I got a call from Brian. He was expecting to see me at the church in a little bit for a special event and wanted to make sure I hadn't forgotten, which I had. Our worship director at the time had a vision for a regular Friday night church-wide prayer and worship service. This was the very first one. He'd worked so hard on it, and we all wanted it to be a success. And I strongly believe collective prayer is a wonderful and powerful thing. But I was so tired. Can you believe a pastor's wife would be too tired to consider going to a prayer meeting? But I was. I really was. Then I had a rush of thoughts. They were reminders to my spirit from the Holy Spirit. First, I thought about how I loved and respected the passion our church leaders have for prayer. Second, I remembered how strongly I felt about participating in things like this because I got to be a part of God's hand, working His will through His people on our planet. I also knew Brian wanted me there. And aside from everything, that was enough. But then came the counterthought but I'm so tired. In my heart, I heard the scripture, to obey is better than sacrifice. And then I saw in a beautiful font, the word obedience on a white background. Now we Americans generally don't like the word obedience. And when given the option, I will use just about any other word because this one gets more smears and side eyes than any other. So seeing that word in scripture and in my mind confirmed This was not my own inner voice. So right there in my car, I headed straight to the church. In hindsight, this is where my real prayer meeting began. I answered the Lord out loud. Okay, God, I'm gonna go, but I really want you to meet me there. I need something special. I need to know you see me, you hear me, you have plans for me. I needed a blessing. And the prayer meeting was lovely. But God didn't blow my mind and energize my soul or reveal the depths of his heart to me. So when I got in the car to drive home, I gave him a little conjoling nod. God, that was nice. And that's when things started to happen. As I drove out of the parking lot, I heard a distinct thought that was not my own. That said, turn right. I had literally never turned right to go home from our church parking lot, ever. I wasn't sure what was down that way. Then it hit me. This is how God's going to bless me tonight. It isn't over. I couldn't think of anything down that way but Berry Springs Park. That had to be it. It was getting dark. I bet I would see a dramatic sunset and he would speak to me there. I kept driving and sure enough, there was the park on my left. The clouds were a nondescript light gray, and as it got darker, they got grayer. As I turned in the car to leave, I gave God a quiet, that was nice. Then I heard it again, turn left. He wasn't done. I would turned too early. Okay, God, I'm not gonna stop this time until I hear from you again. I drove until the road stopped at a T, and there I heard him, turn left was very excited by then. Where would he take me next? On the left, I saw a place called Grace Riding Stables. I'd heard of it before, but never knew where it was. Directly across from the stables was a large green field, and it was completely covered in miniature horses. I literally had to catch my breath. By then, the sun was low, resting on the horizon, causing each horse to have a glowing yellow It was a magical sight, and I knew this was it. I knew it. I got out of the car and sat in the grass, face to face with several of these little gorgeous animals, tails and manes flowing about in the breeze, and then I heard God again. This is what I have for you. I was shocked. So many questions flooded my mind, yet at the same time, I felt like a blanket of peace and love was wrapped around me. God, what exactly is it that you have for me here? Could you be a little more specific? Is it the property? Is it the herd of horses? Is it just this moment of incredible love? There was no answer. I soaked up that moment, and I felt so loved and so special to have God stop the world to give it to me. By now, I knew I needed to get home. It was dark. And I don't know why, but God did not give me directions getting out of there, back to our house. I just had to figure it out. On the way home, I said, God, correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure this confirms the whole mini horse thing was your idea. You placed it in me from the start. Now all you have to do is convince Brian, right? Well, fast forward a year. Brian had already bought me a mini horse. It was a surprise for my birthday that year. We named her Goodness. And even though he bought her way out on the west side of town, we found out months later that Goodness was one of the foals being kept in that pasture the night when God spoke to me. Within a year, I founded a mini horse nonprofit called Many Wonders, and to this day it's still running under the leadership of Marla Woodard. God led me to my second mini, Mercy, who was born from a mare who survived a brutal mountain lion attack. God gave me her story to put into a book specifically to give a message of hope and courage to those who have suffered hardships and yet seen God's mercy through it all. And in God's amazing way, he provided a very special friend to take over the horses so he can continue to bless me more and more with them. Jennifer Sims is committed to continue bringing the horses to provide emotional encouragement for our children who attend Hill Country Bible Church on Sunday mornings as well as other horse therapy opportunities. Without her taking charge of the horses, I wouldn't have the time to focus on writing curriculum and books that powerfully connect God's desire for us to learn about him, using his beautiful creatures as examples. I wanted to be on God's path. I guess I just needed specific directions. Turns out a lot of amazing people have been called to be on this path too. I'm still meeting more all the time.
0: Yeah, is that incredible or what? You never know. You never know what God will do. But here's the deal. Most of the time, let me tell you this, most of the time when God prompts you, you're not going to know whether or not it's Him until you act on it by faith. You know, that's how we see God at work in our lives. You know, Jesus said this in His last sermon here on earth. Listen to John 14, 20 to 21. Jesus said, when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them, and here it is, and reveal myself to each of them, to each and every one of them. You know, some of you may not like this, but God reveals himself to us more and more as we seek him and as we're willing to respond to him more and more. You know, I didn't make that up. It's just what I've experienced. That's the way that God likes to work. You see, God is looking for loving children. He's not after four slaves. He's going to be patient with you. He's going to be unobtrusive. And he doesn't bow down to our demands, though to just prove himself before we seek him or trust him. He won't do that, but he's waiting for you to come to him. Now, let me try to unpack a little bit of this whole mystery of God's promptings, how this process works. First of all, let me just encourage you with this. If you want this to happen, you're going to have to slow your roll in life. You're going to have to pay attention as you go through life. So let's talk about not just slowing down your life, not just slowing down your schedule, but slowing down your soul. See, I believe God wants to lead, God wants to prompt, God wants to guide, but we are just so, so busy that we can't hear Him. We're not hearing Him. We're not listening. Before He left this earth, Jesus said, I am with you, with you forever. He's right there. Proverbs 2, 2 to 6 says, tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. You see the work involved, the passion, the energy you have to put into it? Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. We've got to tune in. We've got to listen. Job 33 14 tells us this, for God does speak now one way, now another, though man may not perceive it. So the question is, how do I tune in so I can hear God's voice, so I can understand God's voice? Well, you know, right now there are radio waves filling this room. We can't see them. We can't tune into them because we're not a radio. You can't take the chair you're sitting on and, and tune those into the radio waves. It takes a radio to be able to tune in to radio waves. Well, in the same way, I believe God has designed you and I to be able to tune in to His voice. And when you become a Christian, the Bible says that God invades your life with a part of Himself called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is kind of like God's transmitter. He speaks to us, again, not in audible ways, but through impressions, through promptings. It's like this still, small voice when God is speaking. God is guiding. God is directing. God is working I don't think the problem is with God. It's with us. We're not listening. We're not slowing down our lives enough to just pause and say, God, speak to me here. Speak to me. Here's a famous verse you probably heard, Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. See, there's the prerequisite. Be still and know that I'm God. You know, when you're still, you learn to recognize his voice. The key word is learn. Jesus said, my sheep, listen to my voice. See, we have to learn to listen if we want to know that God is guiding, God is prompting, God is speaking. And I realize that sometimes, you know, we have a decision to make. And we should do this. We go to the scriptures and we examine the scriptures, but there are no specifics in there because oftentimes it's not a bad decision versus a good decision. Not all decisions are. It's not like, do I sell guns to Iraqi children or teach Sunday school, right? What what do I do with that? Now, they're not that easy, right? Sometimes it's two good decisions. So so what do you do? Well, let me encourage you to find some time to slow yourself down, to be still. And I'm a little ashamed to admit this, but I thought back over my life. I probably spent the first 10 to 15 years of my Christian life not sensing God's leadings, God's promptings, anything along those lines. Yeah, I was a committed believer. It wasn't like I was far from the Lord. I prayed every day. I read my Bible every single day. And I would hear people talk about this, and I'm going to share more about this in the next week, but I would hear people start talking about, hey, God's promptings, God's leadings, God's voice, and I just didn't get it. I didn't recognize it. And the best illustration I can think of is I was kind of like a kid racing out the house. Remember when you were a little kid and you're running out the door to go play with your friends, and your parents hear that door open so they know you're leaving and they call your name? And you pause for like a nanosecond and then you go, nah, and you just keep going, right? The door shuts and you think, they think I didn't hear them. Now you did that. You know you did that, okay? How many of you still do that with your spouse? Oh, Don't raise your hands, God. But that's what I was doing, God was speaking. I look back now and I realize, no, God's speaking. I was just too busy racing out the door. I just didn't want to say, I got things to do, places to go, people to see, type A driven, got to get stuff done. I'm telling you, God speaks in those still moments. So here's a big question. How do you slow yourself down? Let me toss out some ideas here. First of all, when that little alert goes off on your phone, your watch or whatever, take that as an opportunity to be still before God and listen. Just take that moment. But I would say in addition to that, you've got to develop an extended time and place for silence. I mean, do you have that? No cell phones, no email, no telephone, no radio, no computer facing you. I mean, all that stuff is so, so distracting. You ever wonder why Jesus said, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father. Seems kind of weird until you recognize that, you know, in some homes, the closet is the only quiet place. So this week, try it out. Just say five minutes a day, totally free from distraction. Just sit and be silent. And you may want to write down your thoughts, whatever comes to your mind in a journal. I've done that before where sometimes I'll write down yesterday I, and then I jot down the things I did the day before. And I'll look at those and I'll say, okay, God, Was there something about yesterday that I missed that you were trying to teach me? And I'll look at the opportunities, I'll look at the conversations I had, and at times I'll realize, oh, yeah, I missed that one. I see now that you were trying to develop my character in that area. And that's helpful for the next time around. God is prompting a lot of us just aren't listening. And then I ask the question, did I obey the leading? When you silence yourself and you get a leading and maybe it's something that's going to honor God, maybe it's something that's going to cause you to humble yourself or serve someone or encourage somebody or give something away, obey that. Because when you obey it, you hear God more and more. He speaks louder and louder. So those are just a few tips on how to get guidance from God, how to hear God's voice, how to be led by God. And I'm telling you this morning, God loves you so much He wants to walk through life with you. He wants you to walk through life with him so that you can experience his presence, his love, his joy every single minute of every single day. And all he asks is this, will you love me enough to stay connected to me, to listen and respond this minute and the next and the next? And I think that's how we love him the best. So will you take 60 days to express your love for him by being more and more responsive to those prompts. If you're ready to try this experiment, take 60 days, set an alarm on your watch, or on your phone, wherever it may be, okay? And when you see that little note pop up, or when the alarm goes off, or if you don't want to be chained to your watch or your phone, put sticky notes all over the place, okay? And when you see those, just take a few moments to debrief with God. And here's what you want to say. You want to say, God, this last hour, How much have I allowed you into my thoughts? And how much have I responded to your prompts? And again, the goal is not perfection, okay? I've talked with a lot of people, oh, I missed three days this week. Should I just give up? No, no, get back on track. The goal is just progress. We're just trying to learn how to do life with Jesus more and more. And I'm telling you, as you do this, you're gonna start to realize, wow, God really is right here. And as you step out in faith, He's gonna show you, yeah, I'm here and I know you better than you know yourself. I know how to lead you through life, so just trust me. Just stay connected to me and follow me. Let's try that this week. Lord, without a doubt, as we get into this whole dynamic of following your Holy Spirit, things get a little mysterious. We're not going to always be right. We never are. We stumble in many ways, and sometimes We may mistake our voice or the enemy's voice or the world's voices for your voice. But I know that as we stay with this, as we invite you in, as we recognize that you're with us, you're going to start doing some incredible things in our life. Lord, remind us that all we are is branches, as you said in John 15. You are the vine. And unless we stay connected to you, we're not going to see fruit in our lives. But, boy, as we connect with you and stay connected to you and recognize your presence and cry out for insight and understanding and direction, you can do incredible things. So, God, I pray for the next 60 days that we would commit to this, that we would commit just with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength to do life with you, and that in the process not just for the 60 days, but as we continue to do that, that we would encounter you, the living God, and our whole relationship with you would be transformed. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let me just encourage you as you leave this morning, don't grow weary, okay? The goal is not perfection, it's just progress, but set those watches, set those alarms, set those phones every 60 minutes, and watch what God does. You guys have a terrific week.